is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Monday, July 12th. Man, I can't believe it's July 12th already. Tell you what, it's a big day. We are covering the New York Giants. Get excited about that, but also a big day over at FTNFantasy.com. My personal draft guide, the game plan for 2021, is officially live on the site. You can get in on our draft kit. It's just 25 bucks for our draft kit. I like that price, but you know what? I like a discount too. So 20% off of that if you use the promo code RATPACK, but you got to do that before Wednesday, July 14th if you want that discount right there. 20% off. That's nice. I like it. I like it. So go check that out over at FTNFantasy.com and appreciate everybody still reviewing the show on iTunes. You're in on the contest if you have done that already. If you haven't, you can still get in on this contest If you rate the show, review the show on Apple Podcasts, leave your Twitter handle in the review, you are entered in to win a Rant t-shirt. All right, so let's dive into the New York football giants. And I don't want to bury the lead. The lead here is Saquon Barkley. There has been a lot of concern about Saquon. And I think rightfully so. I think we would be foolish to not acknowledge, okay, he missed most of last year with the torn ACL. And he missed... Well, he didn't miss a ton of games in 2019, but he wasn't the same player for a good chunk of the season. He had the high ankle sprain early in the year, remember that, and then the dude wasn't the same until the very end of the year, and if honestly, if you had him on your, your squad, you were probably out of it by that, that point, right? So I understand the pessimism that some people may have towards the idea of drafting him this year. But I don't think we should be scared. Injuries are a part of football. Everybody gets hurt at some point. You know, nobody's immune to it. And yeah, this was a this was a bad, you know, series of events. But I wouldn't call Saquon Barkley injury prone by any means. Not really worried on that end. And we're not taking him first overall. We're taking a guy first overall who only played in three games last year too, as well. By the way, mind you. But we're taking him probably in the middle of the first round. I actually have him ranked fifth overall right now. Uh, I would take ahead of him, obviously, McCaffrey, obviously, Dalvin Cook. I would also throw Derrick Henry in there and Alvin Kamara. But when you look at the production, what he's been capable of doing when he's on the football field is really awesome. He has a true three-down back. He has elite ability as a between-the-tackles runner, but then he also has elite ability as a receiver. You just don't get this combination in most players. 275 carries. Now, I don't have him as the most efficient back here at just under 1,100 yards. Nine touchdowns, though, as a runner. 53 catches, 401, and two scores as a receiver. You get 50-plus catches. If you're a running back who averages three or more per game, in terms of receptions, you are doing well for yourself. Because remember, there's a lot of implied value there. And then on top of that, add a nearly 300-carry workload, and now we're cooking with gas. He doesn't have any competition for touches. The team brought in Devontae Booker. So you have him there now as the primary backup. I I even hesitate. Is he a handcuff? Because are we really drafting Devontae Booker if we draft Saquon Barkley? Probably not, right? I would probably be looking elsewhere. Um, So I don't really know if we're going to get behind that one. But he would be the next man up if Barkley got hurt again. So I'm not hesitating here. I'm not running away from 
Saquon Barkley whatsoever this year, but I'm going to draft him at appropriate value. Not going to draft him any earlier than that. And if he falls a little bit later, then so be it. I'd be happy to pounce on him. If he gets like past the first seven, eight picks, sure. That's just value. Now let's talk about Danny Dimes because last year he was one of my favorite late round upside options and that did not work very well. (laughs) See, what had happened was, well, he didn't turn a corner. He has flashed major fantasy upside in each of the last two years, but he has also flashed an extremely low fantasy floor. The thing I do like about Jones and why I'm willing to give him one more shot, by the way, if it doesn't happen this year, it ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. But why I like him is as a late round guy for one more year is you have the addition of Kenny Galladay in here and Kadarius Tony once he gets up to speed. So you have some really nice receiving talent. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. All of that, like, can you really mess that up? I Yes, you can. <laughs> the answer is yes, Jeff. You can mess that up. But will he? Now, we don't know if he's going to take a step forward in year three. And I, I know the extreme example here that you could point to, and it's not exactly spot on, but Josh Allen. Now, Daniel Jones and Josh Allen, two different players over the first two years of their career. From a passing standpoint, actually not that different, but from, you know, Allen showed elite ability as a runner, even from the gate. Jones has shown upside as a runner, but doesn't quite have that nose for the end zone that Josh Allen had. But Allen showed last year that in year three, as an NFL quarterback, you have the potential to take a step forward as a passer. Even if Jones doesn't have that dramatic leap forward and it's just progress, like does he get to like a 4,000-yard passing type season? With his legs, I have him projected out at 404 rushing yards, two rushing scores. It's top 20 worthy. Now, again, I know some people who drafted him last year probably were reluctant to do so, and I might be with you there, too, in terms of there are other upside options who I would prefer in the late rounds, but I still have him in that category. By the way, over at FTNFantasy.com, my quarterback tiers are live on the site, and they do tell you exactly who my safe options are and my upside options are in the late rounds. Daniel Jones is there. Like I said, if it doesn't happen for him this year, it's not going to happen but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt given all of the talent. There's a lot of talent in this group. Like I mentioned, you have this really nice group of receivers. Really nice. And of course, that group is anchored by free agent signee Kenny Galladay. So why don't we do this? We got to break down this whole group and we'll include Evan Ingram and even Kyle Rudolph to a lesser extent in this conversation. But let's take a quick break. And then after the break, We'll break down the wide receivers and the tight ends here for the New York football Giants. So the Giants made a big move, uh, bringing in Kenny Galladay, who last year obviously was a big-time disappointment for us for fantasy purposes because you not only was it that he was hurt, do you if you remember correctly, there was a lot of mystery surrounding, like, will he play this week? Won't he play this week? It felt like every Sunday we're like, all right, is Galladay going to get out there? Nah, nah, he's not going to get out there. It was really annoying. It was especially following what he had the year before. Because remember, in 2019, this dude went for almost 1,200 receiving yards, 1190, 11 touchdowns. He was a number nine fantasy wide receiver. And he wasn't bad when he was on the field last year. Here's his finishes. Week 3, 22nd. Week 4, 22nd. Week 6, 21st. Week 7, 23rd. It's not great, 
and I know like, oh, wow, whoopity-doo. Well, you know what, though? Those aren't terrible finishes either. Those are wide receiver two finishes. So if he started, if you started him, he didn't likely kill you those weeks. But then he wasn't able to get back on the field after week eight, and that's all she wrote. Now here he is in an interesting spot because he can step in and be the clear number one guy, and they didn't have this type of guy last year. They had Sterling Shepard, who really kind of is a slot who can play outside occasionally, right? And you had Darius Slayton, who's a field stretcher, and then you had a slot in Golden Tate. You didn't have a true X receiver. You have that now. You have a guy who can make plays downfield, who can do stuff in the short and intermediate for you, can do basically the, all the well-rounded stuff that a X receiver does in the NFL. We do have a question of, as to whether or not he can stay on the field, but we're discounting him already as a result of that question, right? I mean, I'm, I'm ranking him at 21 among wide receivers. Could he outplay that? Absolutely. But then again, with that reward comes the risk that certainly he's banged up or that Daniel Jones doesn't take a step forward. Number of intangibles there, but I do like the fit. And I think this will ultimately, it'll be a nice reciprocal relationship. It is a huge step down from Matthew Stafford. Let's be clear about that, but not a terrible spot for Kenny Galladay because there's opportunity here. Now, after that, the team did draft Kadarius Toney, who I think is going to be an interesting player. Got a little, he's got a little Percy Harvin for me. I, I know there's a cognitive thing there because when I watch him in college, he's wearing a Florida Gators uniform and he just looks like Percy Harvin as a result. But he does do some of those things, but not not really a true gadget guy. But he'll have gadget elements to his game. Probably a better route runner than people realize as well. A couple things he'll have to shore up at the pro level, but he has the athletic traits that you just simply can't teach a young player. But he may not be on the field a lot out of the gate. So just keep that in mind. The, the, the team likely will be Galladay, Slayton, and Shepard on the field, at least initially. Slayton last year proved to be just hype he'll give you occasional big game because of his downfield ability but he he wasn't suited to being an ex receiver and then Shepard has been a pretty much a consummate disappointment as a pro maybe the Tony pick is the writing on the wall for Shepard being out of here once this contract is up not really sure there but there's no real fantasy value beyond Galladay among the wide receivers I just think we're going to keep an eye on Kadarius Tony that's really what it's all about there so Galladay, the guy to go after, everybody else, meh, right? Uh, by the way, Galladay projected at 66 receptions, 978, and seven scores. Again, nothing fantastic, but it's easily top 30 numbers, top 25-ish numbers right there. And like I said, I'm ranking him with just a tick higher because of that high ceiling that you get with Kenny Galladay. Now, Evan Ingram is a bit frustrating because what have we seen out of him in the course of his career? Well, we saw in his rookie year, one of the best rookie seasons for a tight end for fantasy purposes that we've ever seen. Statistically, I don't want to say from a football standpoint because that wouldn't that's not accurate. But statistically, it was off the charts. And why was it off the charts? Because Eli Manning had nobody to freaking throw to. If you remember, that was when Odell was hurt. Like everybody was hurt at the end of 2017. So Ingram stepped in, saw a buttload of targets, that's a technical term, and capitalized. Since then, I mean, well, 2019 he was banged up, so I'm not really going to you know, fault him for that. 2018, he was nicked up a little bit there as well. He finally makes it through an entire season healthy. And honestly, when you look at the numbers last year, 
the receiving numbers are solid. He had 109 targets. He had 63 catches. He had 654 yards. That's better than three for 32 type production. That's that's basically four for 44 production. Maybe a little less, but close, which is exactly what I want. Here's the one glaring number. Here's the one major problem. One touchdown. That's it. If you're going to score one touchdown, you are going to be extremely frustrating. Because again, if you go three for 32, that's 6.2 PPR points. If you go three for 32 and a touchdown, that's 12.2. Well, if you're only scoring one on the year, most of your weeks are going to be those darn three for 32 weeks that are super frustrating and make you want to bang your head against the wall, right? I don't want to use this guy. He stinks. No, he doesn't stink. He just didn't get in the end zone. And perhaps that changes a little bit this year. I don't want to be overly bullish. I'm not, in fact. I'm projecting him at 54 catches, so actually taking a little bit of a step back this year uh, at 551 receiving yards, three touchdowns. And part of it is I do have some targets going to Kyle Rudolph. I said I would talk about him. He's not fantasy relevant, but I'll talk about him. 34 targets, 25 catches for him. They're going to use him, but he's Kyle Rudolph. We know what he, he'll score a couple touchdowns when we don't want him to if we have Evan Ingram. And he'll have, yeah, he'll have like a catch and a half to two catches a game. You know, catch and a half a game, let's call it that. But that's that much off of Evan Ingram's plate. You know, you take 30, it wouldn't be all 34 targets going to him, but you even give him 10 more and he's almost at 100 targets. So that's the one drawback. I still think there's juice to Evan Ingram because you can get him in the late rounds for nothing this year, and I'd rather take a shot on him this year than in the past because that upside is still there. So there you go. Right now, ranking him at 14 at tight end. All right, the Giants are in the hopper, so the next team we got to talk about, Bobby Sala's New York football Jets. Zach Wilson in the house. Corey Davis in the house. Michael Carter in the house. That'll be tomorrow on the podcast. At Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram, hashtag Rat Pack. Use that Rat Pack as a promo code over at FTNFantasy.com. Get my draft board, baby. Go and get the game plan. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.